There are a lot of rumors floating around about Resident Evil 8. Quibi launches their entertainment platform, and the PlayStation 5 controller is officially revealed. That much and more, welcome to The Average Gamer Show. Happy Tuesday, everybody. My name is Rosalcopter, and I am one of many average gamers throughout the world. I am feeling very good after episode one aired last night. Um, we are already on Spotify, so if you have a Spotify account and you haven't listened to episode one, if you're not really looking to just listen to the podcast on Facebook, if you, if you just want to go do something and listen to something on Spotify, you can listen to our podcast now on Spotify. Apple users, um, I'm currently going through the process of having Apple approve the podcast. They usually take a little bit longer than Spotify does, but um, hopefully that'll get up and approved and on Apple Podcasts here pretty soon. Now, with that being said, I want to make everybody who aware who's actually watching this live on Facebook, um, and eventually I'll try multi-streaming to other platforms like Twitch and YouTube and, you know, maybe other platforms like that. But what I want to make sure is clear is that since this is a pot like a like a like a news media entertainment news podcast that I'm not really going to be interacting with any comments or any chats at this current time. Now, I'm debating keeping it a week daily podcast and then having a special Sunday episode having special guests on like I was talking before like my buddy Derek and Alex and uh, maybe my buddy Jordan and Adam maybe all y'all want to be on uh, you know a special Sunday edition which would be really cool and maybe at that time we would interact with chat and comments but for the dailies um, on the weekdays we're we're not doing that at this time I just want to make that I just want to make y'all aware of that so that um, you don't think I'm ignoring your comments or your chat or anything like that. Now, we have a bevy of topics to talk about today. A lot's happened over the past 24 hours, and I just want to make sure we touch over everything. So uh, we so just to make sure we don't miss anything. OK, first topic is uh, going off of what we were talking about yesterday with the Resident Evil 3 remake. We're now moving on to Resident Evil 8 rumors. They have been really ramping up, especially over the past 24 hours. Um, we'll go into more details on these said rumors, but the basis of these rumors is that Resident Evil 8 is going to be a big difference. Like, it's going to change a lot from what we know and love from the Resident Evil series. Now, this isn't exactly the first time that Resident Evil has done something like this. If you are a normal Resident Evil player, then you will know that when Resident Evil 7 launched in 2017, I think it was, I think it was 2017, uh, that game was very, very different than all of the other Resident Evil games. And I would even argue that Resident Evil 7 wasn't really a zombie game. It was more or less revolving around a virus that... I guess wouldn't necessarily make people zombies, but they it made this family go insane and uh, just completely lose their way in their minds, and they turned into cannibals. It was a very Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque family, and that's just kind of what made it unique for the Resident Evil series. Now, they had creatures who I would say related a lot to Resident Evil monsters. They were, you know virus 
infected and they just looked disgusting and the game was creepy and scary and all of that and that's just what made Resident Evil 7 so good. So I'm not necessarily saying that if a if a Resident Evil game is different than previous titles, I'm not really going to say that's a bad thing. However, I feel like if it does go away from zombies more than it already has, then it's going to kind of lose its identity here. Um, because Resident Evil has been primarily known as a zombie game. Like Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, like all those were primarily revolving around zombies. And it was a creepy zombie experience. You don't really get a lot of those in this day and age, except with, you know, the remakes of Resident Evil 2 and 3. A lot of zombie games nowadays are based of all, or excuse me, are revolved around there are a lot of zombies, you got to kill all these zombies. And it was more action-adventure-esque type. It's like comparing movies like Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead to Zombieland. It's just they're very they're very different tones, but they're they're about zombies, if you know what I mean. Now, moving on to room like more specific rumors about Resident Evil Eight is um, the biggest one that actually just kind of started surfacing today is that the title of the game may have leaked. It it, it seems that the leak says that Resident Evil Eight is going to be called Resident Evil Eight: The Village. Uh there are some details that kind of came along with that. It's going to heavily involve Chris Redfield, who is one of two protagonists in the original Resident Evil game, in Resident Evil f and in Resident Evil Five. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Chris Redfield does make a brief appearance in the DLC or extra content for Resident Evil Seven, so it's not like he hasn't been seen in a long time. Um. But I think it'll be interesting to see Chris Redfield again because it's it, even though he was quote unquote technically in Resident Evil Seven, he was still extra added on content that wasn't part of the main storyline. And so to see Chris Redfield in action again will be pretty cool. Um, if you look at a game like Resident Evil Two Remake, I'd say Chris Redfield is a more like older, grittier, just a overall more badass version of Leon, in my opinion. Leon is, like, young and, a, young and a kid, and Leon's badass, don't get me wrong, but Chris Redfield is, like, you know, SWAT team-esque, whereas Leon was just an officer. Now, that's not taking anything away from, you know, police officers and things like that, but, you know, the point is kind of coming across where Chris Redfield is a more uh, badass character, <laughs> just kind of what I'm trying to say. So him being heavily involved in the new game, I think will be exciting. Now, here is another detail I think will be pretty exciting or, well, interesting to say the least. Um, it is said that Resident Evil 8 is going to involve... Uh, I don't know if it's going to involve zombies per se, but they say that it may involve mythical creatures of some sort. Now, along with that statement... In parentheses, there was like, there was something that said like werewolves. So if you're like facing werewolves in a Resident Evil game, that would be kind of weird. And I don't know how I feel about that quite yet. But that was technically in not a very much older, but a little bit older leak of Resident Evil 8. Now, um, in this newest leak, it is said that there is going to be a nemesis slash Mr. X type of enemy and they just, it, it, 
they didn't really give it a name except the witch. So they say it's going to be a witch who acts like Nemesis and Mr. X, who's going to follow you around the game and is just going to kind of make your life a living hell while you try and progress through the game. Now, with Mr. X and Nemesis, when you encounter them in game and you shoot them and, you know, they go down, they kind of just take a knee and they don't do anything. They just sit there for a while. That's just kind of what a tyrant does. And that's what, you know, what that what kind of enemy they are. They are zombie tyrants. Now, they said that in Resident Evil 8, if you take down the witch while it's chasing you, it's going to turn into a bunch of insects and then crawl or fly away or whatever. So I think that'll kind of add a little bit more of a, a realism to Resident Evil that I think will be pretty cool. Um, another thing they said they might be added on, this wasn't in the most recent league, but it was a little bit recently. They said that uh, something that's going to be different to the series will be hallucinations slash insanity. So in games like Amnesia, and I know it's not the only one, but that's one of the most popular. In Amnesia, you have your sanity, and the lower your sanity is, the more you're likely to die. But also, the, the lower your sanity is, the more hallucinations you see. And so I think that can actually kind of work in Resident Evil. But with all of these leaks coming together, I kind of feel like it may be true, but... Again, you have to take these rumors with a grain of salt. They are not confirmed. All leaks are just not confirmed until confirmed. Um, so I'm not quite sure exactly what it's going to be. Now, one thing that the leak also said is that it would release in 2021. Like, I think they said like May-ish of 2021. Now, they did also say that the coronavirus may actually push that back. Um, because the coronavirus is pushing a lot of games back and they don't really want to be competing. Well, not only that, they don't want to be, they, they don't want to be competing with a lot of titles that are being pushed back. They also are, at least were actively working on the title. And now due to the coronavirus, they may not be working on it as much either because obviously they're not in office. Um, and it's much more difficult to work on something from, a distance, like even remotely, it's very difficult to work on things, not even in the game design industry, but even in just any industry. Um, when I worked in insurance, I worked from home and you would not believe what I had to do in order to get it to work. It was crazy. Now, one thing, like th this is the last thing about Resident Evil 8 that I'll say, um, is that in this, well, in a previous leak, they also said that since this game was going to be a big change in the Resident Evil series, they were initially going to make it a Resident Evil Revelations 3 idea. So they obviously have Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2, but they were considering making it Resident Evil Res Revelations 3. Now, uh, excuse me, stupid notifications. I don't care about that right now. Um, so... With, or I'm, I'm sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. I, I just, I have to turn my notifications off. Anyways, with Resident Evil Revelations 3 rumor, well, not, not the rumor, but with them saying, hey, I want to make it, revel re excuse me, Resident Evil Revelations 3, um, they brought that idea to Capcom and they liked the idea, but they wanted to make it a mainstream title. That's just the rumor that's going around.
Um, so, with that being said, again, take all of this with a grain of salt. You know, like nobody knows what it's going to be until they talk about it. Who knows when they're going to start talking about it? I have no idea. Nobody knows. So, um, until those rumors are either confirmed or denied, just take it with a grain of salt. Don't be disappointed if it's not true. Don't be, uh, just, I don't know, don't be surprised if it's not true, is what I'm trying to say. But I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the coming months. Um, they usually like to announce it not super close to announce, or excuse me, not super close to release time, but um, like Resident Evil 3, I remember, was announced late last year, and then they released it like five months later. Um, it's a little different in this case with Resident Evil 3 because... He pretty much took assets from Resident Evil 2, and it, it's pretty easy to make Resident Evil 3 with Resident Evil 2 assets because there are parts of Resident Evil 3, or excuse me, there are parts of Resident Evil 2 in Resident Evil 3, so it's a little different in this situation. But I wouldn't, if something were to release next year, I wouldn't expect anything to come for at least six months, um, especially with E3 canceled. So just keep that in mind. If you're interested in Resident Evil 8, just uh, keep an eye on the news forums. I'm sure we'll talk about it once the time comes. And uh, I'm just going to move on to our next topic because I'm kind of rambling here. Okay. Next topic on our list here is Quibi. I have been seeing ads for this constantly on my Facebook and Twitter feeds. Just constantly being like, um, they're, they're, they're like Christy T. Te- Te- I can never say her name accurately. Is it Christy Tejan? I've seen ads with her in it, and then I've seen ads with Sophie Turner in it, and I'm not quite sure what to make of it, honestly. Um, Quibi is a streaming app that is actually designed to supposed, like you're supposed to watch it on your phone, because they say with how you're watching it on your phone, you can get like different camera angles or something. At least that's how I read, like that's what I read about it. Uh, Quibi launched yesterday. If you want to, I believe they're offering a two-week trial. After that, it'll be $4.99, or, or, excuse me, $4.99 a month with ads, $7.99 without ads. And they describe it as, quote-unquote, movies in chapters. And these episodes are in 7 to 10 minutes. So they're 7 to 10 minute installments. So instead of it being an actual TV show with long episodes in a season, like, I don't know. For some reason, the only thing I can think of is The Outsider because I talked about it yesterday. The Outsider had 10 episodes that were an hour long. You're not going to see a movie that's 10 hours long. So how they describe it is they describe it as a movie in installments. So if if, um, a season on Quibi has 10 episodes, we're just saying roughly, I don't know for sure if any of them do, but if it has 10 episodes and they're all 10 minutes long, that's about 100 minutes. If you all watch them all together then you've watched an entire season in a movie's time. So that saves a lot of time, but it tells the story of a movie. So I can kind of get the idea, especially now that I'm saying it out loud. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I Probably not, actually. I might I might do the two-week trial, and then I might come back to this. So um, I'm just not sure about it. Now, I will go on to say what other people have said about it, specifically what reviewers on IGN have said about it. 
Um, IGN is actually my favorite news page, even though they are kind of biased sometimes. I don't necessarily trust their reviews. I always read their reviews and see what they score. I don't always trust their reviews, though. Um, with that being said, they did add a little bit of an extra in terms of how they reviewed Quibi. They reviewed every single series, and they gave it a rating, but they also said whether or not it would be worth watching it or just skipping it as a whole. So, um, I'm going to basically go off a list of what shows IGN has said you should watch, and I'll kind of give a brief summary on some of them. I'm going to give a brief summary on the scripted ones, and there's just too many of them for me to, you know, give a short summary on all of them. So, here are some of the shows on Quibi that IGN says to, or, yeah, that IGN says you should watch. Uh, when the Streetlight Goes On is one of them. And When the Streetlight Goes On is apparently a story, it's apparently a coming-of-age story uh, about a bunch of high school students and basically one of these high school students' sister was murdered and it kind of revolves around the coming-of-age of this girl and all her high school friends while in the midst of her sister's murder. So that apparently is a show worth watching. Another show is Survive. This stars Sophie Turner. It is based on a novel by a Alex Morel. And this basically the summary is that the character Sophie Turner plays wants to commit suicide. But while she's on a plane, this plane crashes and it gives her a new drive to survive. So it's basically her changing her mind because she got cl so close to death before. She's like, oh, that's not really what I want. So um, I don't know how... If you've read that book, I don't know how close it is to that, but um, either way, that's just kind of how it's been described. Uh, let's see. The last scripted show they said you should watch is called Flipped. It is about apparently a couple who wants to start flipping houses, and apparently a Mexican cartel hires them to renovate their manor. So apparently, it's a story or a, it's a show about renovating a cartel's manor. That's scripted, obviously, not real. Now, here are, here's a list of unscripted shows. I'm For most of them, I'm not going to give a brief summary. Um, unscripted, worth watching. There's Thanks a Million, You Ain't Got These, which is apparently not a show about sneakers, but sneaker culture. <laughs> apparently, it's a show about fitting in. Um, running the City... Now, Chrissy's Court, this is the show that stars Chrissy Teigen. IGN says, it is worth watching, but you'll know for sure if it's the type of show you would watch after one episode. So keep that in mind. So I, I, I put possibly Chrissy's Court. So if you, you should watch an episode of Chrissy's Court and then determine from there whether or not you should watch it. The Shape of Pasta, singled out, skirt with offset, show about cars. Gone Metal with Lior. I Promise, Dismantled, Murder House Flip, Prodigy, Game Show, and it's game spelled G-A-Y-M-E, show, Nightgowns, which is, um, if you're into RuPaul's Drag Race, then apparently you would be into Nightgowns. Um, and then the last one is Nikki Fresh. Now, apparently all of the other... Um, I guess all of the other shows aren't necessarily bad, but apparently they're just skippable. You like your life wouldn't be any better if you watched them, and they're just really skippable. <laughs> but um, 
those are the shows apparently worth watching, according to IGN, on Quibi. I, I might check it out. Um, I'm not going to pay for it right now, especially with how skeptical I am of it. Um, I might watch some of these shows that I think would be interesting. Like, I think, I'm, I, think I, I think I would watch When the Streetlights Go On. Um, I would probably watch Survive as well. I'm not really into unscripted shows, but I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to check out some of them. Maybe The Shape of Pasta. But again, if you're interested, you can check out Quibi on your phone. It's on the Google Play Store, and um, I believe it is on the App Store as well. $4.99. Gosh, I almost did it again. $4.99 a month with ads, $7.99 per month without. You can check it out now. Now on to the next topic, The Last of Us Part 2 delay news. This isn't exactly news, but there's kind of more developments that have come out today and yesterday in regards to The Last of Us 2 being delayed. If you haven't heard, The Last of Us Part 2 is, well, has been delayed indefinitely because of the, well, supposedly because of the coronavirus. If you don't know what The Last of Us is, it's a video game. Well, surprisingly, it's another video game about zombies. <laughs> zombies. But if I were to relate The Last of Us to a TV show, like I compared Resident Evil to Night of the Living Dead, like the original Resident Evil games to Night of the Living Dead, then The Last of Us would be very much relatable to The Walking Dead, in my opinion. It's a lot like The Walking Dead. The tone is a lot like The Walking Dead. Even the logo and title look like a Walking Dead logo. They are very much very similar. Um, and The Last of Us was critically acclaimed across the board. Everybody, like, Well, not everybody. I'm just exaggerating. So many gamers um, say it is their favorite game of all time. And it is very good. I love The Last of Us. So when The Last of Us Part 2 was announced back in 20, I believe 2016, either late 2016, early 2017, then it was so, everybody was so excited. And when they said it was going to release in February of 2020, everybody was excited. Then they delayed it to May 2020 because they wanted to polish it the way Naughty Dog loves to polish their games. And then April comes around and then they say, we need to delay it indefinitely because of the coronavirus. Now, I personally think that The Last of Us Part Two more than likely is going to launch in the late summer to early fall if if all goes well they are currently determining whether or not they want to release it digitally to everybody but they say that people who want physical copies or don't have access to the internet wouldn't be able to play it and they deem that as unfair i don't exactly know if i believe that now naughty dog says due to providing all players with the experience to play that's why they delayed it. The internet says otherwise. A lot of people have been throwing around rumors from Naughty Dog saying that it's due to a lot of workers in their animation department, or even just Naughty Dog in general, quitting. I'm not sure why. Like, I, I didn't see a lot of details on why these Naughty Dog workers are quitting, necessarily, and it is not confirmed by any source. So again, it's another thing you need to take with a grain of salt. But I don't know if I can get myself to believe that they're not releasing The Last of Us Part Two because 
it may not be available to all players. I don't know if I believe that. But the game director, Neil Druckmann, says the game is at the one-yard line, that they're pretty much, they're, they're almost done with the game, and that they just need to finish, they, they need to finish squishing the rest of the bugs that are out there, and they need to polish the game just fully and completely. Um, and he said that they're finding different ways to get it to as many people as possible. I said that already. So I'm just kind of reading that off. So due to that reason, Sony is issuing automatic refunds for people who purchased it digitally on the PlayStation store. Now, I'm not sure if that means everybody who got it is just having it refunded, um, I mean, without any say at all. Like, I know a lot of people will be like, I don't want to refund. I want to keep it pre-ordered so that I get it when it launches. Um, but I don't know if they're given that option. Because Sony might just be issuing the refunds completely as a whole. Now, my personal, my personal opinion on this whole thing is, one, going back to Sony, I don't think they should have to force people to get refunds for The Last of Us Part Two for being delayed indefinitely. I don't think they need to do that. Um, I think they should offer it if people want it, but I don't think they need to automatically do it. Um, I think that's, I actually think that's kind of a bad idea. In regards to The Last of Us being delayed again, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Because on one side, I want to say that if you release it digitally, it'll, you know, help relieve a lot of stress that a lot of people are having in this tough time. On the other hand, if the game isn't ready by that time due to all these workers quitting, rumored, like, supposedly, then you may have no choice but to delay it. And these workers might be quitting because of the coronavirus. I don't know. I don't know why they would, but the point is, it's delayed and I don't really know if that's a good or a bad thing. It could be good for the game. It could be very bad for the game. I personally I personally don't think I'm going to get it on this generation. I think I'm going to wait till PlayStation 5 rolls around. I think I'm going to wait till they release it for next generation because with it being released so close to the launch of the next generation, much like The Last of Us Part 1 was released so close to the release of the PlayStation 4, they're probably going to launch it on the next generation. So I'm probably just going to wait till next generation to get it anyway, especially with everything that's been going on with it. So I'm not really bummed out about that. But um, that's just kind of what's been going on with The Last of Us Part 2. And that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, now, we're kind of getting into our last two topics here. First one is actually, well, this next one isn't actually going to be very long at all. Um, one thing that did release today is a kind of a positive and it's not, we're not talking about what you think we're going to be talking about. We're talking about No Man's Sky, the ExoMech update that was revealed and released today on all platforms. Now, is it too little too late for No Man's Sky? I got No Man's Sky when it first released. And I had a lot of fun for like the first day. And then when I got on the next day to play it, I was just like, okay, well, what else is there to do? I mean, if you're, 
If you're playing the game for the first time, I can see how you cannot have a biased opinion on No Man's Sky because there's a lot in the game now that is very well done. You can build bases now. You can play multiplayer. You There are so many different kinds of ships. There are mechs. There's different ways of transportation. There's quest line. All of those things that I just listed off were not in the game at launch. Believe it or not, all of those things that should be in a game like No Man's Sky at launch were not there. I didn't want to believe it at first when Hello Games director... Uh, I forgot his name. I have to look it up because I'm doing a podcast here and I have to be professional. It's Sean something. Sean, 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 no. Is that? Sean Murray. Okay. That's right. So, Sean Murray um, actually lied about certain features of the game. That, that like he said certain features were in the game and when it launched these features were not in the game the biggest example I can give is when somebody asked him are there going to be planets with rings like Saturn in there he said I feel like it wouldn't be a sci-fi game without it so yes those were not in the game at launch at all they're in the game now after the game has been launched for over two years, but when you openly say something is going to be in your game and then it's not, that plays a really negative, like that paints a really negative picture for not only your game, but also you as a studio. So I still have No Man's Sky and I actually still hop on No Man's Sky from time to time because I love the idea of free roaming space travel in your ship. You can go from planet to planet. If you see a planet, you can go, you can go to it as long as you have the ship and resources to get there. So that's kind of why I still have it and kind of why I still enjoy it from time to time is because it's a game where I can only play it if I'm in the right mood. So it it's not too late for me. It's too late to pique my interest, I will say that. If you're playing for the first time and you didn't and you didn't encounter the game before it launched and all that, then kudos to you for for giving it a chance, I I still give it a chance from time to time. Um, it's it's a really cool game, really cool concept, really cool design, and I do I do enjoy it from time to time. So they're they're going in the right direction. All right, they're go they're going in the right direction. I don't know what else I don't know what more else to say about that specifically, but um. I don't know. That's just that's really all I can say. Uh, now on to probably the biggest news of the day, and this actually this news actually came up not long ago at all, two hours ago, um, probably a little bit more than two hours. But I I had this whole script completely typed out and everything for the show, and I was just like, all right, I have a decent number of topics. A couple of them aren't really very long but you know i might be able to squeeze in something well then the playstation 5 controller revealed just launched and completely threw me off because i'm like i can't not talk about it so playstation 5 controller the first thing i'm going to talk about is the look i apologize 
to all my podcast listeners on Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts, you won't be able to see it, but I'm going to show everybody who's watching here on Facebook what the new PlayStation 5 controller looks like. This is what the new PlayStation 5 controller looks like. As you can tell, um, it has a very different design than your normal PlayStation controller. The PlayStation 4 controller was the one that changed the most from previous generations, um, but it still had that general PlayStation controller feeling. If you know what I mean, it's like the only thing they changed about the PlayStation controller when they went from the PS3 to the PS4 was they extended it out and made it a little bit bigger because they had to when they put that touchpad in. Well, now they really changed it up. It is very, I'd say it's more sleek. It's more curved. It's, um, I, I would honestly say it's more up-to-date. And by up-to-date, I mean a lot of people nowadays are looking at controllers, and a lot of people like the PS4 controller. I like the PS4 controller a lot, too. But um, I honestly really like how it looks. Now, for me, it's going to be a lot how it feels, and with this picture, I kind of get a better idea of how it's going to feel. I'm looking at my PS4 controller right now. See, So I'm about to turn off what the picture looks like. Hold on. Uh, whoops. No. Uh, okay. So there's a PS4 controller from the side, right? And then you look at that from the side. Um, just the controller from the side. And it looks thicker. Just bigger. Like I feel like I'm going to be able to wrap my hands around it and I'm not going to feel like it's too small. If it's, I believe it's going to be a controller that feels a lot bigger from not just an overall size standpoint, but from like a thickness standpoint. Um, and then this is the last image that they showed. Uh, so it's just a close-up. Now, here are some of the features that they talked about. There's haptic feedback. There's adaptive triggers, which I think is really cool because it... Um, with the adaptive triggers, you can basically toggle it from where the trigger will go down completely, like this. Or you can toggle it to where it only goes down a little bit, but you can click it faster. Basically turns it from a trigger to a button. And then they have a built-in microphone. It's not going to be very good microphone quality, but... If you just want to go in a party or even if you just want to say a message on the PlayStation Network, you don't have to like plug in your headset or anything like that. You can literally just use the built-in microphone. I believe it'll be useful for quick conversations and messages, and that'll be about it. I don't know for sure about anything else, but I think it, I, I think it's a good feature. Um, it... I think it just makes the quality of life a little bit better. Now, they are, well, more features. They're keeping with the rechargeable internal battery. I personally like that. Well, I kind of like that. Because really the only thing we have to compare it to is the Xbox Series X controller, which they say will come 
with AA batteries, but will have the option to have a rechargeable battery pack with it. Because they say they want to give people the option of using AA's or a rechargeable pack. Now, I don't know for sure, but I believe what the Xbox is doing is I believe they're just trying to get people to buy more things. <laughs> but I could just be saying that from a customer standpoint because they may really just want to give you the option. And I kind of personally like the idea of having more options because one thing I don't like to do is if I want to keep playing wireless and then my controller just dies, I don't want to have to plug it in if I absolutely want to keep playing wireless. It doesn't really matter for me because I'll play it plugged in anyway. And so that's why rechargeable internal battery doesn't matter to me. If the Xbox Series X came with one of those rechargeable batteries and still gave you the option to have AA, then that would have made me very interested in that. But they're coming with AA, so I have to buy an additional rechargeable pack, which bugs me. Now, one thing that has been, for some reason, getting a lot of emphasis on this new controller is that the share button, which is a button at the top left, to the left, to the left of the um, touchpad, instead of it being the share button, they are calling it the create button, quote unquote create button. I don't know exactly what that entails, but um, apparently it is not going to just be for sharing anymore. Apparently you're going to be able to do more with clips and things like that. So they didn't, re they didn't really give any information on that besides just the name. Um, keep an eye out for more information as it comes out. I know we'll obviously talk about it, but really the last thing I have to say about the controller is that, like the Series X controller, it is going from USB, uh, USB B or USB A? I don't know what it. I don't know what the technical one is. Hold on, I'm actually going to look it up. Uh, USB B. Uh, no, it's not USB B. It might be USB A. You know what? I have no idea. I have no idea. It, it's probably USB B. I, I have no. I have. Oh, I think it's micro USB. Is what it is. Hold on, micro USB. That's right. It's my. It's micro USB. I apologize. I'm such a loser. Um, it's micro USB. They're going from a micro USB to a USB C battery charging cable, which is really good because I've always found the micro USB. Um, really the micro USB to be very uh, fragile. I've always felt that I've gone through so many different micro USB cables. And with USB-C, I've really only had to replace one. I've only been using USB-C for a couple months, or excuse me, a couple years, because I have the uh, Galaxy S9 Plus, and that uses USB-C. And I only just this past Christmas started using a charging pad. So I've been plugging in USB-C for years, well, a year and a half, and I didn't have any problem with it at all. I've always found that micro USB just broke for me for a lot of, well, for many reasons. So I like the fact that they're upgrading the USB-C and USB-C is a better charging option. It might even charge the controllers a lot faster, 
with the new features that come with it, maybe not, but you never know. Now, now that I'm done talking about the PlayStation 5 controller, I mean, the last thing I'll say about PlayStation 5 is really the last thing we have to see now is the console itself. They gave us the specs of the console. They gave us the controller. Really, the only couple of things left they could give us is, I don't know, launch titles, what the what the cases are going to look like, but really the biggest one is what the console is going to look like. I hear, and it's rumored that they're going to show off what the console is going to look like in the coming months. So, I don't know. Just, again, keep an eye out for that news. Once the console is revealed, I'm 100% sure we're going to be covering it here on the Average Gamer Show. Now, it's time for, um, I'm kind of going to do something a little bit new, kind of a closing couple of things to kind of close out the show to end on a positive note. So I'm going to I'm gonna talk about something that I've watched recently and then something that I've played recently. Something that I've watched recently, I've been watching a lot of Futurama. I don't know why. It's just, it's on Hulu and um, I love Futurama so much. It's been my, it's my favorite adult cartoon show out there. That's not an anime. And it's so funny. It's made by the creators of The Simpsons. If you don't know, Futurama is a very popular show. But um, I am on season two currently. And man, I just forgot how good that show is. It's funny. It, it can even be quite touching at times. It displays good messages sometimes. And man, I love it. But to talk about a show that's a little bit more up to date because Futurama's been canceled for a long time now. I want to say like six years, maybe. Um, it's been a while since the end of Futurama. There has been Disenchantment, though, on Netflix. I've really only watched the first episode of Disenchantment, and I was kind of uninterested. But I have been told that I should at least give it a few episodes, and then it really picks up and, you know, really gets the viewer interested. So I'll probably watch Disenchantment after I'm done with all of Futurama. So, you know, I'm excited to continue my Futurama adventures because I just, I love that show. Okay, now for something that I've been playing. Really, the last game that I played was Minecraft. Now, um, I've also been playing Persona 5 Royal. But I'm not going to talk about that right now. I'm going to talk about Minecraft because one thing that I've done is I've been playing with my with my brothers and my brother's friends and I've pretty much gone into their world. I made a I made a room for myself in one of their houses and then I just kind of went off and found this really cool, you know, cave system with you know all the like all these branching off caves and all that kind of stuff. It's like a really good cave, but it's so far away. So what I did was I built a tunnel inside my room and then I dug an even longer tunnel straight to this cave system. It was apparently over uh, 400 blocks away. So it took me a while and then I made a rail system going from my room all the way to this cave system. So that's always fun. That's just one thing I love about Minecraft is one thing that is, well, the one thing that got me into Minecraft, oh, over a decade ago at this point was um, the fact that you can literally dig inside the planet and just go 
anywhere you want inside the planet. Like you can dig your own tunnels, you can find caves and tunnels. That part is just what got me really into Minecraft in the first place. I thought it was so cool. It's not the monsters, it's not, uh, you know, the water temples or whatever. It's literally the caves and going under the planet as a miner. I love that part. Um, but that's just something I've been playing. That'll about do it for this episode. Be sure to give us a like and follow on Facebook and Twitter to know when we go live with The Average Gamer Show, as well as the latest updates around them, such as special guests, topics, polls, etc. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for joining me here today, and we hope to see you again next time.